You know the phrase, the one that Tony Caridi coined many years ago that has become his iconic line. It is a great day to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Well, even though no football games were played, today was one of those days. And if you happen to be on social media and if you even blinked, you might have missed some of the news that came across the wire. And God forbid, if you were away from your phone for about an hour or two, you probably came back to an avalanche of news. We're going to break it all down for you here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. It's Nick Farrell alongside Ryan Decker on this edition of the podcast. Deck, like I feel like I need to catch my breath. We're recording this around 6.30 on, is today Wednesday? Today's Wednesday, Wednesday yes. right? Yes. Recording this around 6.30 on Wednesday. And man, there's been a lot that's happened. Just today, and then there's also been a lot that's happened this week. You know, both transfer portal right. and outside of the portal, but specifically today, the news of JT Daniels coming to Morgantown, and the news of the expansion, I guess you could say, of the, of the backyard brawl contract between WVU and Pittsburgh. So those two things, as well as a new financial education yes. program launched by WVU Athletics this afternoon, are the things we're going to cover on this edition of the podcast. But let's start with the big story, the one individual, maybe the next QB1 for the Mountaineers. We'll have to wait and see if that's going to be the case. Georgia transfer JT Daniels, who before that played at USC and had a connection with Graham Harrell. He played at USC in 18 and 19. Of course, Harrell is the new offensive coordinator for the Mountaineers, entering his first season in that role. Harrell, when he was hired back in January, that was a big news day. That seemed like a potential turning point in the Neil Brown era after the Mountaineers had just an average season a year ago and lost in the guaranteed rate bowl. But, Deck, here's, I think, the big question that a lot of fans are asking themselves as they digest the JT Daniels transfer, who comes from Georgia, who has that relationship with Graham Harrell, who was at one point considered to be in the hunt for the Heisman Trophy last year before he only played in three games, and then Georgia went on and won a national title without him. So here's what I want to know from you. Did West Virginia football get better today? I think they did. I I think they did. Now, it still obviously remains to be seen who is going to start week one of this upcoming season when WVU takes on Pitt at Heinz Field. Of course, even before the JT Daniels news, Neil Brown said he wasn't going to announce a starting quarterback for week one prior to the completion of the spring, and likely that was going to bleed over into the summer as well. But I think West Virginia did get better today. If for nothing else you brought in a quarterback who does have two different levels of Power 5 experience, the Pac-12 and the SEC, and also a guy who is familiar with Graham Harrell's system, so if for nothing else, he can help teach the other quarterbacks in that quarterback room some of Harrell's tendencies, some of Harrell's terminology, some f- things that he likes to do frequently. I think that is a way to get better, and certainly if he can help you on the field, that's even better moving forward. And Of course, that, that still remains to be seen. To me, there's no question that the Mountaineers got better today. Yeah. Uh, Daniels is going to come in here with experience. He's got two years of eligibility left, well, up to two years, of course. He'll be listed as a redshirt senior during the 2022 campaign. He could play that additional year of COVID eligibility and when he would be a fifth year, listed as a fifth year, I'm using air quotes here, uh, but it would be his sixth year of eligibility in college football. You know, as you mentioned, Deck, Neil Brown had kind of said that he wanted to use the spring to do two things, to both develop those young quarterbacks, because they do have a trio of young 
quarterbacks who could develop into being a talented signal caller. Garrett Green got some experience last year. Goose Crowder played in one game against Long Island. And then there's Nico Markiel, the four-star recruit who enrolled early and has been participating in spring ball. So the spring for the Mountaineers was not just, though, about developing those three quarterbacks. To me, it sounds from Coach Brown, he has said this, but if you really read between the lines, I guess, it was about evaluating where that quarterback room is going to be. Well, here we are with just a handful of spring practices left. The Gold-Blue spring game is coming up on April 23rd. Maybe it was time to make that decision. Maybe they've been making that evaluation as spring ball had gone on. And when you have an opportunity to latch onto a guy like JT Daniels in the transfer portal era, you've got to do it. And... As you had pointed out before this show started, Deck, uh, it's not like this is anything new for West Virginia. Right. Because the Mountaineers have had, over the last decade, so many transfer quarterbacks who have stepped into that starting role. Yeah. Some of them have been great. Some of them have been not so great. And then there have been others in between. Yeah. But it really is remarkable when you look back since Geno Smith's final start, how that has transpired for the Mountaineers. Yeah, and depending on how you want to go with this stat, you can say that Geno Smith was the last quarterback who came into West Virginia as a high school recruit by West Virginia to start a meaningful game for WVU. Now, Paul Millard, who was a high school recruit for WVU, he did start the season opener in 2013 against William & Mary. He then got... Uh, supplanted from his starting role moving forward after that. But Paul Millard, really, the last quarterback who was recruited by this university, came here as a fr- as a true freshman to start a Week 1 opening game. It, it of course, still remained to be seen if Nico Markiel was going to be the guy to fill that role this season. That was, of course, so up in the air. But with the arrival of JT Daniels, it looks like that uh, stat that trend may continue of guys such as Skylar Howard, Clint Trickett, Will Greer, uh, uh, most, most recently, you know, Austin Kendall right. and Jared Deggie, those types of guys to start week one and, and to start the, the bulk of these games for WVU, that looks like it could con- continue at least for this season. Yeah, so wait, let's map that out. After Geno, it was Millard against William and Mary to start the 13th season. Yep. The next season, 14, was Trickett. Next season was Trickett, yes, and, and that's who ultimately supplanted Millard in thirteen. Uh-huh. So you had almost two year, two full years of Clint Trickett. Then you had two years of Skylar Howard. You got the most right. recent ten win season in the Skylar Howard era. Then comes Willie G. William Bill Greer. Speaking of Heisman candidates, yes. remember the will to win, the will to love, the Heisman campaign for Will Greer? And, and, and doesn't this feel similar to, to the Will Greer offseason a little bit? This feels similar with, I mean, of course, you know, JT Daniels had moved twice. Will had only moved, really not moved at all, I guess. Uh, Probably prior. less common for players to move multiple times and, back when Will did, true. right? Yeah, that's true. It's not as common back then. but <laughs> And that was only five years ago, too, so that shows you how much has changed. It's crazy, changed. Right? But the, the hype that you already see, if this feels a lot like William Greer and some of that hype you saw when he was announced as, as the next WVU starting quarterback. But then, yeah, after Greer, it went to you know a mix of Austin Kendall, Jarrett Deggie, and some of those guys. Kendall. It's been a long road for WVU fans in terms of yeah. a, a true product. Or a, right. a true prospect, a, I should say. A player that is recruited and developed to become the starting quarterback. And, and it still could be the case with any of those players that we mm-hmm. just listed earlier in Green, Crowder, or Markiel. It could happen at some point. Uh, but yeah, wow. How, how, how about the trend, right? I know people, people love to hate the transfer portal, but it really has been the lifeblood for West Virginia's quarterback room. At least at that position, yeah. Over the last decade. So it will be interesting to see how this unfolds 
with JT Daniels potentially coming in here at some point. He uh, reportedly is going to finish up his classes at Georgia, so that would likely set him to enroll at some point over the summer to join the Mountaineers. Uh, He had told ESPN's Pete Thamel that one of the things that drew him to West Virginia, aside from the facilities and all of those things, that all the money that the program has poured in to try to bring in players of this caliber and compete, so to speak, from a facilities standpoint with other Power 5 teams and other teams in the Big 12. But it was that relationship, it appears, with Graham Harrell that helped draw Daniels here. Now, here's one more thing before we switch gears and talk about the Backyard Brawl deck. An interesting thing that you had brought up, right? People love to hate the transfer portal, and so naturally they're saying, well, if... JT Daniels is coming here. They've got four quarterbacks on scholarship. Does that mean one or two are leaving? We won't speculate about who could be heading out. I mean, that is always a possibility. But you had brought up something really interesting earlier today when we were sitting together in our newsroom uh, about the redshirt rule, right? Yeah. Something that could come into play for one four-star recruit, Nico Markiel, this it, year. It's very possible that if you know, if Neil Brown wants to play it this way, because he's spoken you know, previously this spring about how because of the current landscape of transferring specifically, you coaches alike really don't want to redshirt kids, especially at these premier positions anymore. So maybe, and this might take some give and take on both sides of this coin, so to speak, it's possible we could see Nico Markiel for up to four games given the current redshirt rule in college football. Nico could play four games, keep his four full years of eligibility, get that little bit of experience, and then depending on what happens with JT Daniels moving forward, all that remains to be seen, but then maybe Nico Markiel takes over. Right, I don't, I don't want to set expectations too high, but even though Daniels has two years of eligibility, if he blows up this year and has a Kenny Pickett-esque season, sure. like, I know, I know. wow, I just brought up Pitt. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. uh, and, and saw today that Mel Kuyper has him uh, linked to the Steelers at the, at the 20th spot, by the way, that the Steelers are going to draft Kenny Pickett in Kuyper Jr.'s latest mock draft. Anyway, uh, the thing that could be interesting there is that, like, this could be an opportunity to also groom Markiel in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. To get him prepared to be that opening day starter, that week one starter in a year or two, and maybe break that cycle after a decade of transfer quarterbacks holding that position, holding that role for the Mountaineers, and get it back to a kid that was developed out of high school. And how interesting this could be, too. The gamesmanship that Neil Brown and Graham Harrell could play with opposing teams. Because it's not like, you know, it, let's just say for for, for uh, example's sake, JT Daniels is your starting quarterback week one. Let's say we get to week three or four. Who's to say Neil Brown doesn't just kind of slide Nico into the depth chart and then third series of the game, you bring Nico in for a couple plays. Get him back out, that's his one game. A couple games later, you're playing Oklahoma. We'll, we'll just make up an opponent. You're playing Oklahoma. Oh, Nico's coming in. You know, there's some potential gamesmanship there to not only get Nico the experience you were just talking about, but that's that's something that if you did it once or twice, then opposing coaches have to spend five minutes on it, which is that's what all coaches love to do is make yep. opposing coaches spend five minutes on something you may or may not do. And and what comes to mind there just briefly is the Oklahoma game where the Mountaineers had a scripted opening possession that led to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Talking last year, the Oklahoma game, uh, where Deggy started at QB, Green came in. I think they went back and forth maybe between quarterbacks and that drive ended with a Garrett Green rushing touchdown, right? And so who's to say that that couldn't happen, that there could be some scripted possessions this season, even if Daniels is the starter, where Markio would both to give West Virginia some sort of competitive advantage, but also maybe more importantly, get Markio a little bit of experience if he is going to be the guy moving forward. So 
Wow, a lot of uh, the offseason has just continued to get more and more interesting since Graham Harrell entered the fold back in January. We're now 141 days away from the season opener, which is September 1st, and it's also the return of the backyard brawl. And hey, it could be West Virginia's JT Daniels lining up against former Trojans quarterback and former JT Daniels teammate and Graham Harrell protege. Yes. Keaton Slovis, yeah. who's now going to be Pitt, who potentially could be Pitt's starting quarterback next year. So the storylines continue to get better and better, juicier and juicier. And as we're talking about the backyard brawl, the news that came out roughly two hours after the original report about JT Daniels committing to West Virginia is that the backyard brawl has been extended on the gridiron. So a four-year series is about to begin on September 1st, 2022. These teams will play in 22, 23, 24, and 25 with the games in the odd years here in Morgantown. Then there will be a three-year pause, 26, 27, 28. There will not be a backyard brawl. The series will resume, we learned today, Today, as an official announcement came jointly from West Virginia and Pitt, that the teams will play each other for another four-year series in 29, 30, 31, and 32. So, Deck, on an ordinary day, that would be the biggest news of the day. Of Mountaineer fans were really caught up in the celebrations of JT Daniels committing to WVU. But, I mean, I know that I speak for fans of both teams when I say I wish that this series was played every single year. Growing up in Western Pennsylvania, it was always something on the calendar. This was what you watched. And right. I grew up a college football neutral. I didn't root for Pitt. I didn't root for West Virginia. But that was always the game, yeah. right? And it's very likely that it is still going to be that way and that we're going to see that it is still that way when September 1st rolls around. There's going to be 10 years of pent-up frustration <laughs> and just dislike for one side and the other that all just kind of spills out and Been spills smoking over. them in basketball, though. Just saying. That is true. That is true. WVU 6-4 and four of the last 10 games in basketball. WVU 7-3 and three the last 10 games on the gridiron. Hey, attaboy. There we go. So, but, but, you know, 10 years of just all this pent-up frustration of having not played, it's all going to come out on on September 1st, you know, unfortunately, I will be not there out of country. You want to yeah. explain why, or are you just going to leave it at that? Uh, I can explain why. I guess I, I explain guess yourself. Uh, I, I will be getting married. I think, I think it's four days before uh, on, on August 27th. So when that game rolls around September 1st, I will be out of country. Uh, but but you can be rest assured right we'll in front of the TV screen. Yeah, we'll miss you, Deck. But. Anyhow, that that is that is uh, it's exciting news that the series is going to, even though there will be a pause, that it will continue in 2029 through 2032. It means that while we don't have a decade of continuous backyard brawl football, pretty darn close, probably the next best thing. I realize that because of the way non-conference schedules are scheduled, and West Virginia has Alabama on the calendar already in 26 and 27, right? I was just looking at that. You know, when the when this four-year stretch of the backyard brawl ends, fans will have Alabama to look forward to. Uh, for some Big East fans, East Carolina also coming up in 2026, that was a game that was always way closer than it needed to be for WVU, it seemed mm -hmm. like. So that, that's a Big East-style game that you have to look forward to. And again, Tennessee and Charlotte, North Carolina in 2028. So that you, was a fun one. The you, Belk, the Belk College mm -hmm. kickoff in 18. That was a fun game. Yes, yeah, so you've got a couple of those you know, marquee matchups coming up: 26, 27, 28 to lead you back into the backyard brawl in 29. Penn State's on the calendar too. Is that 23, 24? Just calling yep, 23, it 23, 24. Yep, at Penn State in 23, home against Penn State in 24. So those kind of going the opposite of the home games for the Pitt series. I mean, come on, man. Next year, 2023, West Virginia is going to host Pitt. 
and play at Penn State in the same season. Yep. I mean, like I, again, I I don't even know. I can't remember when the last time they played Penn, West Virginia played Penn State was before 2023. I, I should have looked that up before we started the show. Deck is going to look it up for me here, but like that that just see, that just sounds right, man. That just sounds right. That just sounds like that's how that should be. I knew it was before I was born, yeah. and I didn't want to. I was going to say 91 instead of 92, 92, which which goes to show you, Deck. You've got kids who are 30 years old, right? Young men and women kids yes. who are 30 years old who have never experienced that series, and right. it's coming back. And you've got a, a group of young Mountaineer fans who are too young to remember even the backyard brawl. Yeah. And it's going to be back, and it's a great thing. And that's an interesting thing. So talking about the Penn State series, you know, like my, my parents, they, they can't stand Penn State. Outside of just growing up hearing that you shouldn't like Penn State, I really, I guess, don't have anything for or against Penn State. No bad memories of that, of that right. sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. No bad memories of, of Penn State. Pitt, of course, you have good memories, you have bad memories for, for a person my age, which you're right. You know, People a little bit younger than me don't really remember the Pitt rivalry, whether it's football or basketball, except for the last couple of years. So it, it's good to see those rivalries continue and get back up and running again here soon, despite all the college realignment that we saw now going on 10 years ago. It's been a busy Wednesday in Mountaineer country. Nick Farrell and Ryan Decker here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast to recap it all for you. We're brought to you, as always, by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. So we've hit on the transfer quarterback from Georgia, JT Daniels. We've hit on the extension of the Backyard Brawl football series from 29 through 32. One last Note from today, West Virginia, along with Robinhood Markets, you know, the financial trading app, Mm -hmm. announced a new financial education partnership, which is the first of its kind in NCAA Division I athletics. Here's what it is. Every single scholarship athlete at WVU beginning next academic year will be required to take financial literacy courses through this partnership with Robinhood. It will also be open to non-scholarship student-athletes. They won't be required to take the course, but it'll be optional and open to them. And and hey, we, we Deck, we got to chat with Gordon Gee today. We got to chat with Oliver Luck, who you'll hear from here in just a bit, as well as some folks from Robinhood. This sounds like a really great partnership for young men and women who yeah. are student-athletes, but like, quite honestly, as somebody who didn't play college sports, like I wish I went to a school, I wasn't a business major either, I wish I went to a school that required kids to take these financial literacy courses because when you think of all that's out there now in terms of financial planning, in terms right. of things like stocks and cryptocurrency, all that, I would just wish that I had that sort of training and that sort of education when I was a college student. So I think this is a great thing for student athletes at WVU. I, I do as well. And, you know, we, we both come from families who are, our dads are in the financial yeah, world. Oddly enough, both of our dads yeah. are accountants. And, and I'm not saying that my dad didn't teach me stuff because he definitely <laughs> did. But, you know, maybe you listen to professors differently than your dad, right. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, so we're in a different position. You and I are than I would say 99% of student athletes who walk around the campus at WVU and any other institution around the country where they don't have this background knowledge of fin- financial stability, f- financial education, financial literacy, I guess you could say. And WVU with rolling this out today that it's going to be coming down the line in the fall. It's something that's going to be really, really unique to watch. It's, the, the, as you said, the first of its kind in the Division One athletics programs. And something that was said today that I found really interesting, this is 10 years in the making. We've been talking, 10 years seems to be coming up a lot in this podcast so far. 10 years in the making, 
this program has been, and, uh, assistant coach Eric Martin for the WB basketball team seems to be instrumental mm. in this process. And of course, uh, we talked to Hammond Russell, who is a redshirt freshman nose tackle for WVU football. There are financial courses that students can take. Right. Regular students, student athletes yeah. at WVU can take these classes. And Russell told us that this was something that was instrumental for him because he didn't have that sort of education when he was in high school, maybe right. didn't come from family either. So it was extremely important for him as he was operating on what he said was his college budget, right? He would spend money and then he'd be out of money and then he wouldn't know what to do. So we had to learn how to save, to plan accordingly, to budget things, something that, you know, as a freshman, as you're out on your own, like that's such important stuff. Right. So Russell happened to take a course. He benefited from it. He spoke tonight uh, at this event unveiling the partnership between WVU and Robin Hood. Uh, it was interesting to hear his comments, but you know, it made you wonder a little bit like how many other kids are in Russell's situation and they, are, they aren't taking that class. Yeah. And so now it's going to be required for all student athletes. But beyond that, now that every single student athlete has the ability to profit off of his or her name, image, and likeness, there couldn't be a better time to launch a partnership like this one. Yeah, certainly so. And you're going to hear a lot of those same sentiments from former WVU Athletic Director Oliver Luck, who we spoke with as well. And But yeah, I mean, the, the timing of this just really works well. The fact that it did take 10 years to, to come along for this program, it, it doesn't come in a better time when you've got athletes. You know, every student athlete at WVU has the ability to profit of their name, image, and likeness. And so many of these kids, you know, they, they, they might get that first paycheck or that, that first check from their NIL deal. They truly, a lot of them don't know what to do with that money. The course like this, a program like this, is really going to help set them up and give them some of those tools you need to to do. What, you know, and Hammond Russell said, set some of that aside, keep it under your bed, or do whatever you got to do with it, and then have some some fun money to to you know run around with. So Deck and I had an opportunity to chat tonight with Oliver Luck, former Mountaineer quarterback, former WVU director of athletics, and the co-founder of the Country Roads Trust, which has been paving the way for student-athletes to be connected with NIL opportunities. You'll hear that conversation with Luck here in just a few moments on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. But right now, a conversation with two folks from Robin Hood, Mary Elizabeth Taylor, the vice president and head of external affairs at Robin Hood, and Chloe Bars, the director of external affairs, explaining how this partnership came to be and why it's important. Continuing our coverage of the new financial literacy program at WVU, benefiting all student athletes, chatting with some folks from Robin Hood who are running the show and they're visiting Morgantown. We have Mary Elizabeth Taylor, Vice President and Head of External Affairs at Robin Hood. Hi, Mary Elizabeth, how are you? Hello, hello, I'm great, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. And we have Chloe Bars, the Director of External Affairs. Chloe, thanks for joining us. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. So, name, image, and likeness has changed the game in college athletics, something that fans in Morgantown, throughout West Virginia, throughout the country you're talking about, really plugged in with. Why does that make the timing of this partnership so relevant? You know, I think what I would say is, I'd, I'd take it back to our mission. Our mission at Robinhood is to democratize finance for all. That's for every single person. Um, and really at the heart of that is driving financial education. We're passionate about it. You'll see it in our products, you'll see it outside of our product. Um, we're, really, we're really passionate about it. So. You know, I think especially at this time where where you find that student athletes, so many of them declare bankruptcy at some point in their career, we want to make sure that we're doing our part to, to help drive financial education um, and with with these students. And I think I think this program has been needed for years, as as we heard Amy Pridemore say at our event today. 
they've been working on this program for the last 10 years and they're just seeing it come to life today. So while I think this program has always been relevant, it's even more timely due to the NIL opportunities that, that student athletes have. Um, but we would have been excited to launch this decades ago with the university. So Mary Elizabeth, give me the basics on this program. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. What, what are student athletes going to learn about? What are they going to experience? Yeah, so the key takeaway is this, this program, it's the first of its kind. Um, this is going to be a template for more work that we are going to do across the country. And we're really excited to be with West Virginia University to have this be the first step of that journey. Um, and, you know, maybe I can toss it to Chloe because Chloe has been the engineer of this program and she's been absolutely incredible in driving this. So do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, we were actually introduced to Amy Pridemore from your John Chambers School um, when we were working on a different program in West Virginia earlier last year. Um, and so when we heard about the, the opportunity to help provide some resources to bring this program to life, we, we jumped at the opportunity because of the mission alignment that Mary Elizabeth spoke to. And so um, the, the components of the, this partnership is that um, we provided the, the funding to get this program off the ground um, and to help sustain the course for at least the next four years. But I think what I'm most excited about here is the fact that Robinhood will be providing um, guest lecturers throughout the course. So we'll have Robinhood employees who serve as subject matter experts in topics like investing and cryptocurrencies and, and other exciting topics that we've heard athletes here are, are interested in learning more about, um, actually come travel to the school or join virtually and, and help teach this course. So glad to see it be a multifaceted partnership. Yeah, so biggest takeaway students could possibly have is 18-year-olds start at West Virginia scholarship athlete, walk away from WVU, whether they're going to be a professional athlete or not, but really have a solid financial background and foundation as they start their lives after graduation. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So partnership unique here for WVU. It's the first one of its kind at the division one level. I imagine it's possible that we could see some copycats maybe in the future, more of these popping up within other athletic departments across the country. Yep, yep, I, I bet you so. <laughs> well, uh, last question, thoughts on Morgantown? You guys having fun here as you as you uh, continue your stay? We're having a great time here. I, yeah. You will see us back here. This is, <laughs> this is a great time, we're really enjoying it. Glad that Country Roads have brought you to a great place. We have Mary Elizabeth Taylor and Chloe Bars from Robin Hood here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Ladies, thanks for your time and sharing some insight on this new program. Thank, Thank you, you so you. much. We'll be right back with much more here in just a moment after a quick word from our sponsors, Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Continuing our coverage of a new financial education partnership between WVU Athletics and Robinhood 
here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. It's the first such program launched by an NCAA Division I athletic department. And earlier, we had an opportunity to catch up with former WVU Director of Athletics, Oliver Luck, who tells us there's never been a better time to launch a partnership such as this one than right now, when so much is changing across the landscape of college athletics with the introduction of name, image, and likeness opportunities for student-athletes. The idea of generating revenue is great, but even greater is generating revenue with a good sense of, of financial literacy. You know, how much money am I worth? What is my time worth? What are the responsibilities? Do I have to file taxes, state, federal, local? There's, you know, there's a host of things that everybody has to consider who's an independent contractor. And, you know, in one fell swoop, all of a sudden, uh, 500,000 student athletes become entrepreneurs, they become independent contractors, including every Mountaineer student athlete. So as we rolled out Country Roads Trust, which has the purpose of providing opportunities for young, for student athletes in West Virginia, for young men and women uh, in, in the world of NIL, uh, it's great to know that there's also sort of a baseline education that is being shared with all the students so they understand what they're getting themselves into because, uh, you know, with opportunities come responsibilities. And so I'm, I'm delighted that the Chambers uh, College of Business, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the other folks that, that are involved with this Robin Hood, of course, with its generous financial support, uh, that we'll have a baseline that we can rely on so that our Mountaineer athletes can make good decisions with the money they do generate. Oliver, the fact that this is the first Division I program West Virginia is to have something like this. How instrumental is that, especially in the world that we live in today with NIL and all these different things that college athletes can take advantage of now? How instrumental is that moving forward for both WVU and the student athletes who are already here? It's, it's hugely important for the student athletes, uh, you know, and not just for the four years or five years or whatever they're on campus here, you know, as they go into life and have to make financial decisions on a daily basis. Uh, they need to have that, you know, have that baseline. I'm super proud of the College of Business for, you know, creating this, this course, if you will, this curriculum and, uh, you know, finding a, a partner in, in Robin Hood. And it's going to be used as a template as this gets rolled out across the country. So uh, the fact that, uh, that we're showing the way, if you will, leading the way, Mountaineers come first, uh, that's, it, it makes me as an alumnus uh, you know, feel very proud about my university. Chatting with Oliver Luck on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, who mentioned the Country Roads Trust, which he is a co-founder of. How have student athletes, Oliver, responded to that? Has, it, has the reception to it been positive? It's been extraordinarily positive, really, across the board in, in, in all the sports. We realize that, that not every student athlete wants to pursue NIL opportunities. Many are <laughs> already booked with academics, athletics, personal life, et cetera, don't have the time or maybe the, the need to do it. Uh, but uh, the response we've gotten has been very positive, and we've already created literally dozens of opportunities for student athletes with, with much more to come. So. You know, overall, uh, I think we're, we're doing a great job. I can't uh, say enough about the three employees that the trust has, Stephen Ford, Amanda Maisie, and we've just recently uh, brought a, a third person on, Taylor. So it's, 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 it's going pretty well. Uh, both Ken and I, you know, have weekly calls, et cetera, uh, to make sure we're doing the right things, and uh, so far, so good. When it comes to the Country Roads Trust, one thing that I find really interesting is that, it, kind of like this program we talked about today, it's, it's a unique program to West Virginia. You know, not every school around the country has something like that. So when these two things go hand in hand, kind of get, how advantageous can that be for West Virginia student athletes? Well, you know, even without NIL, 
this financial literacy program would be a plus, right? Uh, because we all need to sort of understand uh, as we live in this free market economy with things changing very rapidly, need to understand, you know, the basic tenets of, of you know, the financial world. Uh, but, you know, to me, the timing is remarkable because of NIL and what, what you know, we're trying to do with Country Roads Trust. So, again, to have student athletes making decisions about NIL with a baseline of understanding of the financial world and, and, and how it works and what investments are, the beauty of compound interest. I mean, there's a thousand things that I think the students can take away from this course. That, uh, that That's awesome. It, it gives... It gives us, I think, a sense that uh, we'll be dealing with, you know, with students uh, who are, quite honestly, in this space, becoming, you know, somewhat professional because that's sort of what what uh, professional athletes do. All right, let's get a quick final thought here from Oliver Luck, who has a flight to catch, as I understand it. So we'll leave you with this one. The other big news of the day: backyard brawl back in 2029. 2030, 31, and 32. That's probably good news for the Mountaineers, right? Uh, absolutely. It's great, you know, that uh, the old rivals, if you will, you know, are, are getting, you know, back on the schedule. That's 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 awesome. Now, you've got to be careful, though, because you don't want to have a murderer's row, you know, uh, certainly Fair in enough. non-conference games. But it, 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 I, I don't know any Mountaineer fan is not excited about playing Pitt. Oliver Luck, appreciate your time for joining us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Thank you. Well, Deck, it's been a busy day. Probably time to call it quits here soon, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Let's talk baseball real quick. One last thing. That team is pretty darn good. They are pretty good, aren't they? I mean, 106 steals on the year now, and we are only 30 games into this season. They are still on pace to break that that, uh, program record of steals in a single season. They are 20-10 and right now on the year, and they've won 11 out of their last 13 ballgames overall. But coming in, Nick, to a huge series this Massive. weekend against number five in some publications number three ranked Oklahoma State it's gonna be a big series at Montegaley County Ballpark if you haven't heard Mountaineers are in first place in the Big 12 conference as of Wednesday night currently the longest active winning streak in the Big 12 as well six consecutive victories after an 8-4 win over Penn State out in Happy Valley uh, Tuesday night. And Austin Davis, one of the team's best base stealers, is also the Big 12 Player of the Week, the first Mountaineer to hold that title since Darius Hill in 2019. Of course, Darius Hill has gone on to play minor league baseball Mm -hmm. and is excelling well. I believe he's with the Chicago Cubs. Is that right? He's in the Chicago Cubs organization. Actually had a game-winning triple earlier this spring for the Cubs in spring training. Yeah, so Darius Hill doing very well in that organization. So not bad company in which... Austin Davis finds himself. We'll have complete coverage of that important series against Oklahoma State throughout Easter weekend, both in your Mountaineer Minute on your local Next Star station and at GoldenBlueNation.com. Recaps after every game, highlights after every game, interviews after every game, and so much more. Make sure to download the free Golden Blue Nation app on your iPhone or Android smart device. Sign up for push alerts and have breaking news like the JT Daniels story delivered right to your phone. And if you're enjoying the Golden Blue Nation podcast, make sure to subscribe. Maybe leave us a review. Tell us how much you love us, Deck, right? Because I know that people love us. They do. They love us so much. We hear it all the time when we're out at the Coliseum, Montegalia County Ballpark, Milan Putzgar Stadium. People love us. I've never heard anyone say that people love us. My they, mom they all, tells me every day. They all love Angelica. They all love Angelica. And they're probably wishing that Angelica was on this episode instead of me. That's true. 
So that'll do it for this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Make sure to like it, subscribe to it, and catch us on our next episode. We appreciate you listening. And as always, we're brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Catch you next time on the Golden Blue Nation podcast.